Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dream. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia. And this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Are you afraid of the dark? Did Mars attacks give you night terrors? Even as adults, there is still plenty to be afraid of, from the rational to the irrational. Some of our fears stem from our childhood and some, well, we pick up those along the way. If you answered yes to any of these questions, you have to listen to Snarled's newest show, Scaredy Chat. Let hosts Monica Suriyagi and Caitlin Riley be your sympathetic guides to exploring the fears that won't seem to vacate your head. Part best friend therapists, part lovers of fear itself, these two will probe deep into the minds of their guests to unearth the roots of the founded and unfounded fears that we hold so close. New episodes every Monday. When the weather gets nice, then inevitably the call to adventure will stir inside our hearts. Unfortunately, those adventures don't always turn out as we plan. And suddenly you could find yourself fighting for your life and begging for home. First, a demon that preys on your fear followed by a voice so piercing it kills. Then a honeymoon becomes a horror fest. Finally, in our featured story, a beast that stalks the lost. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. 
If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Begging for home. We're often taught the importance of helping a stranger, but don't let the desire to do good override the intuition that something is horribly wrong. Like in this story inspired by Ahmad. Once, when I was a boy, my parents took us to escape the unbearable summer heat of Punjab. In the car, my brother Shahid and I laughed and made up games to pass the time. We were especially thrilled we'd be passing the cave city of Dara Khan, an ancient site full of myth and history. Our father said that he'd heard stories about spirits that lived in the caves. You have to be careful, he teased. There are demons in the caves that can smell your fear from miles away. Once they do, they will find a way to lure you into their lairs and corrupt you forever. Our mother quickly hushed father. She hated it when he tried to frighten us, probably because she was always the one that ended up getting scared. It was then that a strong desert wind started to blow across the countryside. As sand whipped against our car windows, mother was overcome with nausea and nearly passed out. As the wind died down, my father pulled over and parked near a cluster of modest clay houses. Dad helped mom out of the car. He told us to stay put while he searched for help. Naturally, Shahid disobeyed and quickly ran out of the car, so I eventually followed. The village was strange, empty. I soon found my brother playing with a village boy and he let us pet his small dog before our father approached to tell us mother was resting in a kind stranger's home. We said goodbye to the boy and went inside. There, our father had already explained our predicament to the owner, an overzealous man with dark circles under his eyes. We just wanted to stay for a few hours. The owner waved him off saying it wouldn't be safe outside past sundown. These sandstorms were a bad omen. He generously offered for us to stay the night and to let our mother rest off her nausea. He led us to our rooms, imploring us to stay inside where it's safe. Shahid was on edge. He whispered to me how strange it was how we only saw one child in the village. I replied confidently that they probably just don't allow kids to play outside, especially in poor weather. That night, as I struggled to sleep, I heard a tap at the window. It was the same boy, his face contorted by tears and worry. My dog ran away. Can you help me find her? He begged. Shahid and I went, even without thinking, sprang up, grabbed a flashlight and tiptoed outside. The boy led us through the pitch black village and explained that his dog probably went into the caves. As we got close to the caves, we heard a distant barking coming from inside. Shahid hesitated, but the boy called out to his dog and ran ahead of us. I assured Shahid that we'd be okay. We followed the boy into the cave and hunted for the source of the barking. The cave was complex, 
branching off into what seemed like endless passageways. I shined the flashlight at the walls and they were coated with ancient etchings that I could not decipher. Had we stumbled into the cave city of Dara Khan? I gripped Shahid tight as the boy confidently led us deeper. The dog's yips became clearer and clearer until, suddenly, they stopped. I slowly approached the boy, the flashlight focused on the back of his head. He was eerily frozen and said he had found his dog. He turned to face us and smiled wickedly with a mouth full of blood. He spat out a chunk of the dead dog's flesh and began to change, his clothes and skin molting off, revealing a sticky-haired creature with a distended stomach. The boy-turned-demon held what remained of his dog in his three-fingered claws. I didn't think or scream. I just turned and ran and prayed every prayer I could think of that I would just return safely to my parents. The maze-like cave had me running in circles, but just as I ran out of breath, I found the exit. And my mother and father, waiting in horror. Along with them was the man we were staying with. He just seemed resigned. Where is your brother? My mother cried. Where is Shahid? I turned around, desperate, and realized I left him behind. My father tried to rush in when he was stopped by the old man who told my father that it was no use. Once my parents had told him we had met a village boy, he said he knew then that once again the demons were out. He explained that that boy only appeared when he was summoned by someone's fear. He assumed that's also why my mother had taken ill. Once the demon had its hold on someone in the cave, they never returned. My brother was never found. I'm plagued by guilt to this day over the loss of my brother. Years later, I drove past that same village and slowed down to navigate the poorly built roads. I felt the fear grow inside me as I remembered that night long ago. And at that moment, I saw a little boy playing with a small dog on the side of the road. He looked up and I swear, it looked just like my brother did back then. He smiled at me wickedly as I quickly sped away. Thank you so much, Ahmad, for sharing and inspiring this story for us. Listener, how far would you go to save your sibling or loved one? Is there a way that you know how to control your fear? And the big question, what is your biggest fear? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly 
which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. All over the world, hotels welcome their guests with the promise of a relaxing stay, clean sheets, and a continental breakfast. But not every guest that checks in is lucky enough to check out. Like in this story, inspired by Cassie. Young Amelia and her parents approached the front desk at the Cottonwood Hotel. Amelia loudly sang London Bridge is Falling Down for the hundredth time that day, despite her parents' pleas for her to be quiet. They apologized to the manager, explaining that they had not planned to bring the seven-year-old on the trip. But the babysitter backed out at the last minute and left them no choice. The manager said he understood and had a cot sent to the room while the family checked in. While her parents were road-weary from the long drive, Amelia's energy had only increased with every passing minute. Her parents' annoyance with the child increased as well. As her big blue eyes excitedly peered over the front desk, she told the manager that she was allowed to get a snack from the mini-fridge, and she had her heart set on a nutter butter. The manager assured the girl that the fridge was stocked with those, and Amelia shrieked, Can I get it now? Can I get it now? I want my nutter butter now. Her exhausted and angry father rolled his eyes and said, Fine. And the girl excitedly ran down the hallway to room 566, once again loudly singing out of tune, London Bridge is falling down. She eagerly waited for her less than enthusiastic parents and the helpful bellman to catch up with her as she impatiently jumped up and down, continuing to sing. Stop singing that song, Amelia's father demanded, but she wouldn't stop. When the bellman opened the door, Amelia ran into the room straight towards the mini fridge. Her mother yelled at her, telling her to take only one snack. As the bellman exited the room, her father immediately placed a do not disturb sign on the doorknob, making sure no staff would enter. As he closed the door, the last sound that could be heard from room 566 was Amelia's voice singing, London Bridge is falling down. The next morning, Amelia's parents checked out of the Cottonwood Hotel without Amelia by their side. When asked where their beautiful daughter was, they dismissively explained that she was already waiting for them in their car. As they scurried off, her father threw a nutter butter wrapper into the waste bin. That afternoon, housekeeping came to clean room 566. To their surprise, the room looked spotless. The beds were perfectly made, the towels were folded and untouched, and the carpet still had markings from the vacuum cleaner that housekeeping had used days before. The only sign that this room had been stayed in was Amelia's small shoes sitting at the corner of her bed. Confused by the tidiness of the room, the housekeeper tried to open the bathroom door, but to her surprise, it was locked. 
She pulled out her key, but the lock wouldn't budge. By the time maintenance arrived to the room, blood was oozing from underneath the locked bathroom door. The repairman kicked open the bathroom door, and they were immediately hit with the potent smell of rotting flesh. Both the repairman and housekeeper screamed in horror when they saw little Amelia's decapitated head floating in the bathtub. Her beautiful blue eyes were still open and her mouth agape. No tongue inside, just the crumbs of a nutter butter all over her chin. Her body was bloated as it laid across the bathroom counter. Her once blue dress was now completely red and her tongue disposed of in the waste bin. The girl was seemingly killed by her parents. A full investigation was done into the murder of Amelia, but her parents were never found. They paid in cash. No ID had been asked. In fact, there were no records that the family ever existed. From that day forward, room 566 was sealed shut and closed to the public. The Cottonwood Hotel never fully recovered from that horrifying event, and those who do decide to stay at the hotel do so with the understanding that Amelia might pay them a visit. Some say you can still hear her skipping down the hall, stealing snacks from guests' rooms and singing, London Bridge is Falling Down. Thank you so much, Cassie, for sharing and inspiring this story for us. Have you ever been on a terrible road trip? How would you deal with someone who annoyed you this much? Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The beauty of traveling can be all the people you'll meet. But run into the wrong person and it will destroy your trip, maybe even your life. Like in this story inspired by Kristen. Last summer, my husband Pax and I went to Italy for our honeymoon. We checked into a hotel in Rome that looked nothing like the photos from the website. It was creepy, with tattered curtains and furniture. Plus, the walls looked as if they hadn't been painted in decades. I was reluctant to stay, but we couldn't find anything else at the last minute, so we decided to stay at that crusty old hotel. We hesitantly approached the reception desk, where an old man wearing an even older suit stood. His hair was unruly, and his eyes were bulging out of his head as he stared at us. Pax spoke to the weird man who handed him keys to room 225. Then he turned his head awkwardly and glared at me for far too long before smiling and telling me to enjoy our stay. I quickly followed Pax to the room where we tried to settle down, but I felt like I needed to shower just from sitting on the bed. There was a musty smell in the air and the carpet crunched with every step I took. I reprimanded Pax for such a terrible hotel choice. He had one job, to book our honeymoon, and so far, it was a disaster. I could tell he felt bad, so I sat down on the bed beside Pax, kissed him on the cheek, and went to sleep. 
In the middle of the night, I woke to mumbling coming from another room in the suite. I looked beside me and saw that Pax was gone. I got up to check the bathroom. He wasn't there. I went to the kitchen, and there I saw a figure in the darkness. I saw the silhouette of Pax, and I asked if he was okay. He said, Yes, go back to sleep. His voice was deeper than usual, but I figured it was a middle-of-the-night raspy voice, so I just went back to bed. The next morning, I woke up to an empty bed, but Pax wasn't in the kitchen this time either. I searched the entire hotel suite, but Pax was nowhere to be found. Worried, I went to check the lobby, but as soon as I opened the room door, I jumped. Standing there was the receptionist, the old man that gave us the key to our room. He stared at me and cracked that same weird smile that stretched from ear to ear. He lunged towards me and wrapped a cloth around my mouth. I kicked and fought against him as hard as I could until I passed out. I woke up in the bathroom. I tried to open the door, but it was locked from the outside. I was trapped. I turned around and was grateful, but also horrified to see Pax. He was in the bathtub, knocked out and bloodied. After I finally woke him up, we were able to break the door down. Terrified, we looked for help as we made our way down the hall into the staircase. There was no one around, not even that evil old man. Once we made it outside, we ran down the street to a restaurant where we called for help. The police arrived, but they didn't believe our story. They told us that that old hotel had been closed and abandoned for years. Because one night, the old man at the front desk snapped and killed most of the guests staying in the hotel after locking them in the bathrooms. Once he finished his murder spree, he returned to the front desk and then killed himself. After that, no one wanted to stay at the hotel and the owners were forced to shut it down. We were grateful to escape with our lives, but to this day, we still have no idea how Pax managed to book that horrible hotel. Thank you so much, Kristen, for inspiring this horrifying honeymoon tale. A honeymoon horror, if one will. Listener, how do you know the place you are traveling to is safe? Have you had any supernatural experiences at a hotel? Tell us about it at somethingscary@snarl.com. There is nothing more beautiful than the great outdoors. It's no wonder that so many of us are drawn to camp out and sleep under the stars. But nature holds many secrets and just as many dangers. It's important to be prepared and treat the sacred land with great respect. Otherwise, you might find more than you expected lurking in the woods. Somehow, Jonna and Candace had gotten turned around and now were lost in the wilderness of the Wichita Mountains. They were supposed to be camping for Jonna's birthday, but they couldn't find their way to the campsite. They passed an old wooden sign that had a strange drawing of people standing in a circle holding hands and surrounding a buck with enormous antlers. Jonna said the sign meant they were getting close, but it made Candace feel like they didn't belong there. 
Just then, something rustled in the woods. Candace jumped, which made Jonna laugh. It was probably just a deer, Jonna explained. But that didn't make Candace feel any better. In fact, she felt like they were being watched. As the day slowly turned to night, they decided to set up their tent in a small clearing. They could look for the camping area with fresh eyes in the morning. Candace laid in the tent wide awake. She couldn't sleep, haunted by the feeling that something was out there watching them. Jonna laughed, saying there were lots of things out there that's the beauty of the woods. Jonna suggested they go check out their surroundings to be sure there were no monsters. The two turned on their cell phone lights and peeked into the darkness outside their tent. And that's when they saw something. It looked like a person, but it didn't move. Jonna took a step closer despite Candace telling her not to. It's just a scarecrow, Jonna laughed. Candace was relieved for the moment until she wondered why was there a scarecrow in the middle of the woods. As the two women got closer to investigate, they noticed something was off about the scarecrow. It looked too heavy, too real. Candace reached out and touched and felt something cold beneath the straw and sticks, something dead. They screamed. It wasn't a scarecrow at all. It was a dead body stuffed with straw and in the center of his chest was a heart-shaped hole. We need to leave now, Jonna said, filled with fear. When they turned their lights on their campsite, they found a massive buck with huge antlers. Its eyes glowed from the light of their phones as it stared intently at the two women. That's no ordinary buck. Run! Jonna screamed just as the animal reared up on its hind legs, revealing a lanky humanoid body with a stag's head. Candace and Jonna ran for their lives through the woods as the deerman bellowed a horrible sound. They could hear it crashing through the woods behind them as they tried to escape. Candace suddenly ran into the dead man's scarecrow, and the women thought they were running in circles until they saw another scarecrow, and another, and yet another after that. They looked around to see they were surrounded by the scarecrow dead, all with heart-shaped holes in their chests. As the deer men emerged from the woods into the middle of the circle of dead, they realized this was just like the ominous wooden sign they saw earlier that day. Jonna looked at Candace tearfully and told her to go on without her that she'd hold off the monster for as long as she could. Candace didn't want to leave her friend, but then the deer man was suddenly upon them, already with Jonna in its hands. Candace screamed and ran, but just as she was about to pass the scarecrows, they sprang to life and grabbed her, holding her tight in their grips. Behind her, she heard a guttural voice scream, Bring her to me. The scarecrow shoved her back into the circle and onto the ground where Jonna was waiting with a bloody heart-shaped hole in her chest. The last thing that Candace saw was the gory face of the deerman as it plunged its maw into her flesh. The women's families eventually found the remains of their camp, ripped apart by what the authorities claimed were wild animals. But the people that lived in the surrounding areas knew that everyone that got lost in those woods in the Wichita Mountains eventually fell prey to the infamous Deermen.
This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. Executive producer is Gail Gilman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.